when I think of the goodness of Jesus, when I think of his grace, all of us come from different backgrounds, different places. Oh, but if you could just think back long enough, oh, if you could make your mind go back long enough, hallelujah, when God lifted you up when there was no one else around, when God cared for you when nobody else cared, when God made a way when nobody cared about you, when God opened doors that people said they couldn't be opened, when God worked miracles in your life, when God healed your body, when God raised your children up, when God delivered you, if you could just think back to the goodness of the Lord, hallelujah, a spirit of praise should come over you. A spirit of praise should come over you. You should want to magnify the Lord. Hallelujah. We don't have to be coaxed. We don't have to be persuaded. Oh, when we think, when we think, when we think of the goodness of the Lord. Hallelujah. My background is as such I didn't come up in church. I wasn't raised hearing day by day about the goodness of the Lord and the grace of God. Oh, hallelujah. But God had mercy on me. Mm -hmm. When I wasn't thinking about the Lord, he was thinking about me. Oh, how many of you out there, you didn't have your mind on God. You were out there doing your own thing. Oh, but God was thinking about you. Oh, some of you in this morning, hallelujah, you're not thinking about the Lord. But God is thinking about you, hallelujah. Oh, some of us in here are bound today, but God is thinking about you. God wants to deliver you today. God wants to set you free today. God wants to lift you up today. God wants to save you today. God don't want your tomorrow to be like today. God wants to heal you today. Give the Lord some praise. Hey. Ha. Oh. Rosa. God is good. God is good, God is good, God is good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because God came to save me. And I was out in the streets. I was bound up. I was addicted. And the Lord came to see about me. He came to visit me. His manifest presence overwhelmed me. Hallelujah. And he delivered me. He delivered me through his manifest presence. All the glory of God overwhelmed my mind. It overwhelmed my thought process. It overwhelmed my logic. And all I could do was fall to my knees as the shackles had broken, the chains broke, and the addictions fell off of me and give glory unto God. Hallelujah! Our God is real this morning. Oh, I don't serve a toothpick God. I serve the living God. Not because somebody told me, but because I met him for myself. He's real. He's real. He's real. He's real. Hallelujah. Y'all don't mind if I talk about the Lord a little bit, do you? Oh, hallelujah. 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 And because of that, 
I've always been enamored by the grace of God. You see, because I didn't start out in perfection. I didn't start out, hallelujah, knowing which way to go. God delivered my mind little by little by little. He delivered my life little by little by little. Hallelujah, and even today, he's still working on me. I don't know about you, but I need the grace of God today. Hallelujah! We give honor unto the Spirit of Christ, who is the head of our life. We thank him. For his goodness. We honor each and every one of you that are here today. Those that are called by his name. Sanctified. And those that don't know his name. As pastor said, the scriptures plainly declare, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Can you hear God knocking? If you're silent long enough, you can hear God knocking at the door of your heart. And he's saying, I've been waiting for you to open. Those that even know God, he wants you to open a little wider. And he says, because of his grace, because of his grace, he's knocking at the door. You see, because it was for judgment, you would have been condemned a long time ago. You would have been heading to the lake of fire because we all deserved it. Now, one of us in here had it so together that we could Get away from the judgment of God. So we want to speak to you today about the grace of God. The manifest presence of God. We want to speak to you today about the glory of the Lord filling every aspect of our mind, of our homes, and in our church. Because the manifest presence of God is available for you. If we will just open our hearts today and receive the ungrafted word, then God will work a miracle. How many in here today need a miracle? Raise your hands. How many of us need a miracle? Well, God is here. God is here. Touch your neighbor and tell them, God is here. God is here. God is here. And those shackles will be broken. Those chains and those fetters will be broken. And that deliverance that you were seeking, not only for you, but for your children, for your loved ones, for the community, 
will come to pass because of the manifest presence of the Lord. Amen. Give the Lord a praise. Come on, put your hands together. We give honor unto our senior pastor, Sonny Phillip, and Sister Mercy. We thank God for the opportunity to be before you today. We thank God for this house of prayer. And as we expound upon the word of God today, Lord, we come before you and we decrease we ask you to increase. Lord, I don't want anyone to remember my voice. I want them to hear your voice, God. I want them to remember your voice. I don't want them to remember even what I look like. But Lord, I want them to go so deep into the spirit. My desire is that they see only you. That they remember only you. All the glory belongs to you, Lord. It's all yours. Everything that you've done and you continue to do and you will do, Lord, we give you honor. We ask you to touch your people today. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Our message today is the glory of his grace, the manifest presence of God. I'm going to share with you one of the readings that I came across not too long ago. It's by Larry Allison. And it reads on this wise, I could hardly believe my eyes. As the minister walked onto the platform, the lights were flashing and the smoke was rolling off the platform. It was quite the entrance. Thousands of people were standing and applauding as the pastor made his way to the pulpit. I believe we should give honor to our leaders and especially to our fathers of the faith. There has been way too much disrespect and dishonor in recent years. However, when they fired up the smoke machines backstage, I felt this was a little over the top for the church service. They're using a lot of gadgets and a lot of improvisions to compromise the presence of the Lord. Technology, lights, and smoke machines will never, ever, it may draw people that want to see something spectacular. These are the same people that would go down to the Macy's Day Parade or go see the Christmas uh, tree down at Rockefeller Center. But this is not what God is about. It's about his glory. It's not just about fireworks and spectacular light shows. It's about giving the creator of the ends of the earth the glory that is due his name. The Bible tells us that when they were dedicating the temple, the Shekinah glory of God filled the temple with smoke. The presence of God was so powerful that the priests had trouble standing up. It's sad that we report to the producing of artificial glory because we don't expect 
a true manifestation of the glory of God to be present. At the turn of the century, the glory of God was manifested at Azusa Street. There was a revival. For over three years, the visible, tangible manifestation of the glory cloud was present in the building. I have read the testimonies of many of the children that were there during that revival. All of their stories tell of the same events. Young men and women seeking God and God revealing himself. There were no flashing lights or smoke machines at the Azusa Street Revival. 100 years ago, there were evangelists that did a circuit they called them circuit riders across the United States, stopping at every community and preaching the word of God. Great revivals took place, and people of all social standing were coming to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. In one community, a meeting place was set up in a field by one man. After a few days, only a handful of people were coming to hear him teach the word. But he didn't give up. He continued to teach. And within weeks, hundreds were attending his meeting. One evening, a farmer showed up with his shotgun. Don't you know when the glory of God shows up and when God is doing something great in your life that the devil is always going to send somebody to try to hinder what God is doing? He said he was drunk and he was angry because his wife, and daughter had been coming to the meetings. Everything got quiet as the farmer approached the area where the minister was speaking. With his shotgun in hand, he yelled at this minister, but the minister of God had no fear. Because of the convicting power of the manifest presence of God, the man dropped to his knees. He sobbed and immediately received Jesus Christ as his Lord. Come on, somebody give God some praise. The town drunk with a violent temper became a strong leader in the local church. Amen. What we want to expound upon is God's manifest presence. We know that God is omnipresent. The Bible speaks of there not being a place in the universe where God is not present. But his omnipresent doesn't necessarily reflect a manifestation of his glory. You see, his glory defines who he is. His glory lets us to know not only is he omnipresent, but he is manifested in that physical location where the glory has been manifested. Examples of the manifest presence of God. Chronicles 7, 1 through 3. When Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And the priests could not enter the house of the Lord. Because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. When all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord in the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement 
and worshiped and praised God. When the glory shows up, knees start to bow. Hallelujah. God takes preeminence. It's not the choir anymore. It's not the worship team. It's not the musicians. It's not the preachers. But God is front and center. Hallelujah. He takes over. And he exceeds where we cannot go. Isaiah 9 and 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up. And his train, his train is his glory. That's his glory. His glory filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face. And with two, he covered his feet. And with two, he did fly. And one cried unto the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. How many here today need the glory of God to fill our mind? Because the enemy has been shoveling all kinds of stuff and bringing all kinds of negativity and bondages and, and shackling and, and strongholds to try to hinder you from being all that God told you and created you to be. The manifest glory will break that over your mind. He did it for me. If you're bound today by drugs, alcoholism, addictions, pornography, any other thing, the glory of God can break the power of bondage over your mind, over your physical body. The glory of God can bring healing where there is sickness, uplifting where there was downtrodden, mending where there is brokenness. The glory of God. Somebody say the glory of God. 1 Kings 8, 10, 11. And it came to pass when the priest came out of the holy place that the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priest could not continue ministering because of the glory cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. What is the glory? God is the glory. And the glory is God. The glory is God's fullness. It's his manifest presence, his character, his nature, his ability, his provision, and the weight and splendor of his presence. It is the essence of his beauty. The glory is all that he is and all that he has. Everything about God is glorious, and he wants us to know him in the fullness of his glory, because he is the God of glory. You will discover the more time that you spend with God, and this is important, even for ministers. Sometimes we get caught up in the work of the Lord, and we spend so much time in the work of the Lord we don't spend enough time in the Lord of the work. Are you with me? 
sometimes we're so busy working, 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 that we're not spending personal time. I didn't say this is something else when you come to the house of God, but there has to be personal time. Somebody say personal time. Because he's a personal savior. Personal time, personal time, personal time. Not with everybody else, not with the kids. Personal time. It's me, Lord. I need you. I need to be fixed. I need to be healed. I need to be delivered. Lord, I need your glory to cover my mind. Lord, I want to be the usher. I want to be the door of the glory of God infiltrating my home, infiltrating my marriage, infiltrating my life, being with me in every aspect of my life. Somebody give God praise. Personal time, personal time. We understand that we have to work. I leave out in the morning, and I normally don't get back home until 12 to 15 hours later, just from my job. And I know that all of you have the same issues with your jobs and trying to find time with personal time with God. But it is imperative. It is a dire necessity. Mothers tell dad to take the kids for a minute or two while you spend personal time with the Lord. And if dad isn't around, wait till the children are asleep and spend personal time with the Lord. Because the glory that infiltrates your mind will be reflective into their lives. I said the glory of God, the manifest presence of God that you bring into your life will be a reflection throughout your home. It is a necessity that we as Bible-believing people spend personal time. In the presence of God. The work is important, but the Lord of the work is even more important. You will discover the deeper you go into the glory, the deeper the glory will go into you. The more you give yourself to this realm, the more you will find yourself thinking about the glory of God. And moving in the glory of God. You will be able to shut your eyes, even if you're at work, and all you will see is the peace and the presence of God. Even when all hell is breaking out around you, there will be a manifestation of God's glory and God's presence within the temple, in the tabernacle, which is you, no matter where you are. This life is full of problems. His life is full of issues from driving in the traffic to dealing with unsaved people on the job and even dealing with our sisters and brothers here at church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And it's incumbent upon each of us that we take the time for God. God extends his grace to glorify himself. God's grace is an 
outward sign to show principalities and powers in all nations of the earth, angels and demons, that his love and his compassion and his faithfulness to mankind. God's grace shows his compassion, his love, and his faithfulness to mankind. God's love and grace and compassion is exemplified through his grace. There would be no grace if it had not been for the goodness of the Lord. God extended his grace in the garden when he covered them with a cloth after they had been sinned and they saw their own nakedness. God's grace extended to the flood where he gave them an escape. Noah preaching 120 years but all those that entered the ark would be saved because of the grace of God. God's grace extended to the call of Abraham. And he allowed the children of Israel to go into Egypt because there was a famine in the land. And he allowed them to multiply there. God's grace extended to the deliverance of the children of Israel from Egypt and from Pharaoh so that they may be able to go out into the wilderness and worship him for the God of all grace. And that was his intent with creation. Every aspect of God's creation exemplifies his grace to hanging the stars in the sky to the planets being situated the way that they are. The earth is the third planet from the sun. If it was one planet closer, we would burn up. Another planet further away, we would freeze to death. It's the grace of God. And God intended for angels, principalities, and mankind to glorify his grace. But instead, some have taken it very lightly. Some have even disparaged the grace of God with their words, not understanding theologically nor scripturally what they were speaking of. But if it was not for the grace of God, there go you and I. If it was not for the grace of God, we would not have access to his presence. But because of his grace, he sent forth his son, born of a woman under the law, the omnipresent son, the omnipotent son, the word of the living God was made flesh. The scripture says great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Some people have a hard time with that. That God was manifest in the flesh. That Jesus Christ is God. That the Elohim in the book of Genesis is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's the omnipresence of the triunity, of the trinity in one person. It is the manifest presence of God. Hallelujah. God was manifest in the flesh. That's why the Bible could say, in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. What is the fullness, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? And these three are, one, the manifestation of the eternal, omnipotent word 
his son in human flesh to be a propitiation for the sins of all mankind to satisfy God's righteous demand for judgment was the ultimate eternal demonstration of the glory of his grace. Hebrews 2, 6 and 7. It speaks about the angels in choir. It says, one in a certain place testified saying, what is man that thou art so mindful of him? The angels looked down upon us and saw our sinfulness and saw how badly we were acting. And they wondered, what is man? What is man that the omnipotent, the holy, the righteous God is so mindful of him? Do you know how much God loves you? Do you really comprehend the depth of his love for you? Not based upon your imperfections, but based upon his grace and his mercy. When we couldn't get to God ourselves, he made a way for us to get to him. He came to us. Second Thessalonians, I believe the fourth chapter, and it says, and the Lord himself shall descend. The Lord himself. He didn't send Michael. He didn't send Gabriel. The Lord himself is the manifest presence of the glory of God. The Lord himself. What are man? What is man that thou art so mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him. You made him a little lower than the angels and crowned him with glory and honor. And did set him over the works of thy hands. Repeat after me. I am marvelously and wonderfully and spectacularly made. I am the apple of God's eye. He has me written on the palms of his hand. When I cry, the Lord saves my tears. In a bottle, God loves me. More than I could ever know. So I will seek him. I will seek his grace. I will seek his glory. Because it's free. It's free. There's nothing to lose. It's free. God will deliver us from calamity, oppression, and disaster. Sickness. Why? For his glory, that all may know the glory of his grace. It's not for our glory. Sometimes we're asking God to do things for our glory. And if we can get our minds off of ourselves and realize that our healing is for his glory, our prosperity is an insignia of his glory. Our being able to have a job, a good home, food on our table, healthy relationships, these things exemplify the glory of God. And if we can approach him for his glory, if we could pray to him for his glory, if we could expect him to do it because he will glorify his grace, I believe we'll see a difference in our prayers. 
grace gives us access to the manifest presence of the glory of God. 1 Peter 5.10, in his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Jesus Christ. Did you know all through the Old Testament, God said he will not share his glory with another? Are, are you familiar with the scriptures that God says that he will not allow another to take his glory? Do you understand that through the sacrifice and the blood of Jesus Christ, God now says he will share his glory and his presence with us? If you could think about that, God wiped out nations destroyed kingdoms, brought down great kings because he would not share his glory. But he takes a lonely person like you or I and he says, you know, I love you with an eternal love and I will share my presence and my power with you if you will accept the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, my son. There's only one way to receive the glory of the Lord. When God delivered me when I was out in the streets, the first thing that came to my mind after those shackles broke and after those fetters broke was Jesus Christ is Lord. There was no doubt. There was no hesitation. The first thing I knew that I knew, that I knew that Jesus Christ is Lord and that the word of God is infallible, it's imbreachable. The word of God, the scripture says, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. That the word of God stands. I knew it like that. God is a personal God. Whereas the anointing is a gift that demonstrates the power of God, the glory is a tangible, present manifestation of God in person. The anointing is a represent representation of the king's gifts to help us. The glory of God is the manifest presence of the king himself. When the king himself appears, all must bow. Sin, demons, sickness, lack, all that is left is a healthy fear of the Lord and God's awesomeness. In a moment's time, the glory can create your miracle and overshadow the most difficult situations. The glory is not limited by time, space, or circumstance. Neither is it limited by the mind of man or earthly ability. It is eternal and flows into those dimensions with every good and perfect gift that comes from above. There is no limitation when the Lord himself appears. The radiance of glory upon you will speak for itself. Preaching and prophesying are no longer required in the atmosphere of glory. 
God gave us these tools in the anointing to help establish his church and to go into the lost world. He is the creator, the owner. When he comes, we yield to his manifest presence. The influence of God's glory spreads wide and deep. There is no situation where the glory cannot extend his miracle touch. There is no place or person the glory cannot reach. The glory brings churches to repentance. The glory heals the sick breaks the power of addiction the glory brings husband wives and children and grandchildren and communities to the feet of the cross I'm going to ask everyone to stand please I'm going to ask the worship team to come up at this time come on put your hands together give God some praise come on let's worship him in here worship him for the glory of his grace hallelujah Hallelujah. 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 The scripture says, shall we continue in Romans 6, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And it says, God forbid. Somebody say to your neighbor, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Titus 2, 11 and 12, for the grace that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto men, teaching us denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present world. The glory of God can be hindered. And a lot of times, we're going around the mountain over and over and over again. Are we like the children of Israel? walking around the mountain and never seeing the promise. There's things that God promised, but there's personal lessons. God has been trying to talk to us personally. We can see, this is prophetical, it's prophetical. Raise your hands, raise your hands. We can see everyone else, but can we see ourselves? If we want to stop going around the mountain, over and over and over again, let us examine what God has told us about our own needs. For humility, somebody say humility. For growth and repentance, it's time to mortify the pride. Mortify the know-it-all spirit. If we knew it all, we wouldn't need Jesus. This is personal. Somebody say, this is personal. This is personal. This isn't about the other person. It's not about the other church members. This is about you, and it's about me. Personally, the devil cannot stop God's blessing upon your life. We are our own worst enemy. We are binding and rebuking the devil. And we should be binding and rebuking our carnal nature. That gets us into these messes. The old man needs to be crucified. So that we can experience the glory of the Lord. God is teaching. He's talking to us. As pastors, as teachers. 
as the children of God, he's talking to us. Repeat after me. He that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to me, saying to you, saying to us. Somebody touch your neighbor and tell him, God's talking to me. God's talking to me. If nobody's next to you, put your hand on your heart and say, God's talking to me. 